When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our next guest, who is on the line listening to this absolute shambles, is going to be thinking, what have I just walked into? What have I possibly just walked into? The finest show on radio in this country. Okay, well, let's bring him in then, shall we? Uh, Of course, one of the best reporters in Australia from the Sydney Morning Herald, Tom Decent, who's been right across uh, all the rugby stories, the Wallabies uh, stories since the shambles that was Eddie Jones at the Rugby World Cup last year. Tom, welcome into the show. I'm so sorry that you had to listen to uh, Beaver's uh, pronunciation and tennis update, but maybe it provided you with a bit of uh, humour for you. Day, how are you? I did have a chuckle. It's good. It's good, good, good. How how are we? Well, we we're just brilliant, and you know what? It's it's great to have you on, um, and to talk about everything going on in the world of rugby in Australia. Can you quite believe that Joe Schmidt has taken over? That another Kiwi is in charge of the Wallabies for the next couple of years? Yeah, like Dave Rennie feels like an eternity ago, doesn't it, given what's happened in Australian rugby since then? Look, I think Joe Schmidt, even by his own admission at his first press conference on Friday, said he'd even, he didn't think that he would ever be Wallaby's coach in the circumstances on a shorter deal, which is a, which is interesting and a talking point over here. Mm. And um, But yeah, Joe's in the hot seat and um, it's his time to shine. Tom, uh, obviously big story for us over here, but it's already been touched on by Kirst and yourself. You've mentioned the Kiwi coach. You've mentioned Dave Rennie. Why? Why would Australia rugby go that route considering, uh, you know, you've had two of our best of the last two decades and it just hasn't worked. Why would they go another Kiwi or slash Irishman, uh, you know, for the Australian job, which has proven to be, um, I mean, a graveyard for anyone that's not an Australian. Yeah, 100%. Dave Rennie, like rightly, would feel hard done by. And I think there's definitely a school of thought over here that he should have been given that World Cup. And that's my personal view as well. Look, Joe Schmidt, interestingly, said that he reached out to Dave about going for the role and putting his, you know, hand in the mix there. Um, Yeah, like it is a bit of a poison chalice for Kiwis for that role. But the sense I get from Schmidt and Rugby Australia is that it's not going to be a super long-term deal. I think the fact that it only goes through to next year's British and Irish Lions series indicates that they would like to bring an Australian in after that. Look, I could be wrong. I think Joe Schmidt would happily um, be a director of rugby or an assistant coach, even with Australia at the 27 World Cup. But I don't think RA thought there was any amazing Australian coaches ready yet. Look, Dan McKellar and Stephen Larkin were in the mix. Mm. They've got things on at the moment, Brumbies, Leicester. Um, Look, I would be surprised if they weren't sort of being courted for later down the track, but I just don't think RA thought they were ready yet. That's why they wanted to get an experienced guy like Joe in. So do you think that, uh, I mean, are the assistants already set in stone or will there be a couple of assistants that sort of learn off Joe for the next uh, 24 months and then maybe one of those two will take over uh, following the Lions? Yeah, it's a good call. Like Stephen Larkham was apparently pretty upset that he didn't get the job and, and look rightly so. He finishes with the Brumbies at the end of this season. So, I mean, Technically, he could come 
back into be an assistant with Joe Schmidt in that Wallaby setup. Schmidt has said he would like them to be Australians, but by the same token, Stephen Larkham's been there, done that under Michael Checker as a Wallabies assistant from 2015, I believe, until 2018 when he got punted. So whether or not he would want to do that, I'm not sure. Um, it sounds like Joe Schmidt's got his assistants pretty well lined up. He doesn't start until March, so I'd imagine some announcements relatively soon on that. Um, but, yeah, like really fascinating dynamic. But the senses I, that I got from Schmidt is that he didn't feel like it was his position super long-term. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think a good appointment. Um, but, yeah, like I would love to know what the players think of it as well. Mm. For a, You know, normally World Cup cycles are done in four-year blocks, but Australian rugby's been a bit guilty giving out long-term deals because, um, yeah, there's been a lot of chopping and changing, as we know. You mentioned Tom about uh, how the players would feel about it. How how does the I guess the Australian rugby public who have uh, have had a tough time of it lately feel about? Obviously, when Eddie came along, rightfully or wrongfully, you got rid of Rennie, but Eddie Jones gave it a bit of a pump up for a while. You were I guess very optimistic about uh, the great Australian returning to turn the Wallabies around. This time round, is it just a case of okay, we've got a coach and uh, let's see how it goes? Yeah, the majority of Australian rugby fans just want to win and they want the best coach. I think the whole narrative of being an Australian, like whilst that might have been a thing a few decades ago, that it had to be an Australian and Robbie Dean's had a pretty tough time um, overcoming yeah. that. I don't think it matters anymore. I really don't. Um, you know, Eddie Jones sold the dream of the Aussie larrikin who's coming back and going to work his wonders and it was a complete car crash <laughs> and his reputation's battered over here and I don't think... Rugby fans loved how that went down and they just want a coach who's honest, who's not going to be like Eddie Jones, to be honest. So I think anyone um, will be great at the moment um, for the Wallabies. But look, obviously a great record and done wonderful things around the world. So yeah, I think he will be embraced. But by the same token, um, Joe Schmidt said, oh, look, I'm not the one here to sell dreams and I'm actually a bit of a boring guy. So that's what Australian <laughs> rugby needs at the moment. Uh, Someone who's not going to create headlines where the code is suffering. I don't know. Um, he might not be as interesting for the journos as uh, Eddie was for us, but anyway, that's all right. There won't be any arguments happening uh, at the press conferences with Joe, uh, you can imagine. Does one man change the fortunes of Australian rugby, do you think? Can he bring success? Can he help them beat the All Blacks? Can he help them uh, win the British and Irish Lions series on home soil? Can he give Australians hope heading into 2027? Well, one thing is Joe Schmidt won't be talking about that. He was very, very careful to not sort of speak about big plans and make bold statements like winning the Bledisloe or you know, winning the British and Irish Lions series. Look, he can put the framework in place. There's been a few things in the back channels that have gone on board. Phil Ward's a pretty new CEO. Um, Peter Horn has come on as director of rugby. Um, David Nusifora is coming back in an advisory role. Those guys are all very close at Ireland and World Rugby there. So I think the building blocks are there. It's just whether the players are not um, are up to the challenge mm. of being scarred from that World Cup campaign. Um, it'll take time. And I think he's, as he said, a realist in that regard, that it will take time. But a couple of tests against Wales in July. I mean, the Wallabies got absolutely pants over there and Leon 40 to 6 in that um, pool match over there. So, yeah, they want to win some fans back them. Uh, they could go a long way if they can get a couple of wins there in July. And Tom, you, you talked about the players and, and what Joe's going to be dealing with. Obviously, Super Rugby is uh, is just around the corner and is going to jump up on us pretty quickly now. With, uh, I know the New Zealand squads are all fully back together. 
Which ones of the Aussie teams do you expect to fire the flag highest? I guess Brumbies again, will it be? Yeah, I mean, look, you'd have to say Brumbies as well. Waratahs have got a pretty good roster. I think if they can stay injury-free, the Reds will, you know, string a few wins together here and there. But um, to be totally honest, Super Rugby Pacific hasn't even – it's not on anyone's radar over here. And I, I'm a rugby reporter and I love the game mm. and cover it. But um, it is, you know, Super Rugby franchise that is finding rugby a harder sell at the moment, as you would imagine, trying to sell – Tickets and memberships to uh, fans who witness what they did at the World Cup. Like, rugby's in a pretty tough spot here at the moment. So um, as long as the Kiwis go nice on the Aussies and they can string a few wins together and it's not more doom and gloom, <laughs> the game might grow over here. But um, as long as you guys keep thumping the Aussies, it's, um, it's a hard sell. And that's just the reality of the comp. Well, you've had a little bit of luck uh, lately over New Zealand on the seventh circuit. Your men were brilliant uh, at the last event in Cape Town last year. When are we going to see Michael Hooper uh, actually turn out in the green and gold on the seventh series? Do you think he's going to actually make it for the Olympics? Pretty tough, isn't it? Great question. Look, there was a lot of hope that he could be right for the Perth leg this week. But he won't be. Look, they're treading very cautiously with Michael. He's obviously super dedicated to his craft. He knows that Sevens is a whole new beast. He's going to need to play a few tournaments heading into Paris, but they haven't got him over here um, on a whim. Like, they really want him within the, the setup. It is a shame being a home tournament that he won't mm. play in Perth. Um, that would probably put double, you know, bums on seats over there. So do I think he can do it? Look, I would never back against Michael Hooper for sure. As long as he doesn't get an injury or um, can get up to speed, I think it'd be a great addition. And um, he makes that seven seam a whole lot better. And, yeah, the Aussie women too are obviously on fire as well. So it'd be a great story. It'd be a great story if they could win back that gold um, that they picked up in 2016. So the sevens women really make an impact in, in Australian sport, don't they? The success of that like, program. Yeah, for sure. I can, and, and it is great to see the blokes doing well. Like yeah. They've sort of felt like they're in the women's shadows for a bit there, but they've strung some tournaments together and they look the goods. I mean, both bombed out in the quarterfinals at Tokyo, so disappointing by their standards, but they swap coaches. And, yeah, there's there's high hopes that they can do some, um, some good things in Paris. And if Michael Hooper's there, that's great. But that women's side is all class. Like the Levi sisters are just like – some of my favourite athletes yeah. to watch in any sport. They are just absolute guns and they're great to watch. Literally those two could pick up anything and be world beaters. At it. They're unbelievable. Hey, Tom, just before we let you go, we've had the Black Clash over here on the weekend, which was uh, team cricket against team rugby. And so many of the rugby stars like Kieran Reid, Will Jordan, these guys all played New Zealand age grade. And so we've been asking people on the text line, which rugby stars would make it into a first eleven? What about Australian rugby players? Like, who growing up was a gun cricketer? There must be a few in the Wallabies or in these super rugby teams. Oh, that's a really good call. I went on a Wallabies tour in 2016 to South Africa and they had the Aussie cricket team there with the rugby team. We did like a little fun yarn around who would be in that 11, you know, if there was a Wallabies cricket team. Um, who would you know? Reese Hodge played great yep. cricket in Sydney. Very good cricketer. Yes. Um, yeah, Michael Hooper at school. Played a bit of cricket. Taniela Tupo did not play cricket. Which is <laughs> I was going to say, what position? <laughs> um, could be like a stodgy opening batter. I'm trying to think of that list. Um, Carter Gordon's a good golfer, not a cricketer. Uh, we got an albatross the other day at a golf wow. course over here, which was impressive. So um, trying to think of else the cricket front. Yeah, Andrew Kellaway would have played a little bit at school, I would imagine. 
Um, Alan Alatori's named after Alan Border. Um, his dad was obsessed by cricket. So, oh, yeah, brilliant. a little high there. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, good fun. Oh, that's so good. Hey, Tom, thanks so much for coming on the program, for being a great sport and listening to Beaver's pronunciation and talking all things (laughs) Australian rugby for us. As you know, we want Australian rugby to be strong. So here's hoping that the Joe Schmidt appointment uh, does bring some joy for Australian rugby. Absolutely. Let's enjoy the ride. Thank you so much, Tom. All right, thanks, guys. Tom Decent joining us there from the Sydney Morning Herald uh, in Australia.